Chronicles. Hello again, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 20 of the Clutchdown podcast. I had such a good time with Gavin last week, I've decided to invite him back as a regular person. So how's it going, Gavin? It's going good. I'm I'm genuinely flattered, uh, honoured, um, and uh, other words. Uh, other words. Be back. Words, words. <laughs> other words. Non-sports-related synonyms. I am words, words, and words to be back. It really does mean quite a lot. And for, for that level of just pure articulate speaking is, is exactly why I got you back on for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I really am quite the poet. You are. You are. Well, should we chat about some NFL stuff then? I feel like we probably yes. should. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think we should. I think, you know, that, that's what the, the, the masses have come here for. Very true. Very true. All four of my listeners, I, I hope they're back. We could work on that. We could build on that. But yes. Yeah, so you're one of them. Um, I, no. I, don't, I don't have to answer that. I don't, I, that that's a hypothetical, hypothetical question. And I, I don't answer <laughs> hypothetical questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Right. So we're into week eight now. We started predicting the games in the first episode. So we did week six. I got eight out of 13 right. Gamma got eight out of 13 right. Good start. Good start. Even. Week seven going into week seven. I tweeted out. I got seven out of 13. And Gavin got eight out of 13. So currently Gavin's beating me by one prediction, 16 to 15. Which, I... Which, 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 which I think shows that I clearly know more than you well this is why i kind of have to get you back on the episode because I, I couldn't just be like all right I've, I've let gavin go now because because he's beating me in the predictions uh i need yeah. your level of nfl knowledge to to back this episode up exactly thank you thank you that's that's what i wanted to hear our, our two main teams that seem to be letting us down right now on the predictions that would be would be bringing us up to the sort of 10 11s out of 13 predicted and correct rather than the sevens and eights it's the Bucks and the Packers, ain't it? Shocking, absolutely shocking. What's... I mean, they let in. They let in. I mean, ignoring the, the, the thousands and millions of fans of those teams, they're letting us down. They are, which is most important, to be honest. It's 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 why they turn up each week, surely. Oh, hundred percent. But what what having both of us watch the games, I I have my theories on what I think's going on with the Bucks and the Packers right now. What what are you thinking? What do you think? What do you think is going on with these two teams? Two playoff teams last year that just can't seem to to get it done this year with two two bona fide Hall of Fame quarterbacks for the future. They're just not getting it done. What's what's your thoughts? What do you think is happening with them? They're both over the hill. <laughs> there you go. Right. Straight in. Like like I know. Um, age is going to be a factor, isn't it? Like especially especially for Brady. Um, now, obviously, it's not it's not so simple that last year when he was forty four, he was good, and this year now he's forty five, he's not good. There's there's obviously NFL there's got got more uh, more reasonings as to yeah. why things work and don't work. But eventually, especially Brady, he's he's just going to have a bad season, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think there's I think that's a a big element of of pressure that's on the two quarterbacks. I think that, and I think that's a big thing with why these teams aren't doing so great. These, this season is, you know, you sign Brady, did he sign an extension in the off season? I think he did. I think he did. Cause he, I think with the whole retiring and then coming back thing, it was a, a different, different contract. Cause I'm pretty sure when he first signed with the Bucks, he signed a two year deal. But anyway, obviously Brady, you get back on a contract. Then Roger signs his big contract extension last year. 
But you're right. You're looking at two guys who one's in his mid forties now, getting closer to fifty. Another guy is coming into his late thirties, and I feel like when you have a quarterback that's that that good, teams seem to think that that that's all you need all you've got to do and i think i briefly mentioned this last week but they go okay you've got your brady you've got your rogers that's it it doesn't matter if there's a coach change it doesn't matter if you have a different offensive coordinator it doesn't matter if your o-line is completely terrible your de- defense or whatnot aren't doing very well you've got those quarterbacks so you're always going to have a chance but i don't think that brady and rogers are playing at that level to be able to 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 be that kind of guy on the teams like watching the Packers game at the weekend Rodgers was just missing he was just inaccurate even on like passes to the flats like throwing to Aaron Jones he's he's throwing a pass with, with no no pressure he's just throwing it out to the right or out to the left and they're just off target and there's other passes that are just off target and that's not the the Aaron Rodgers we've been been so inclined to see over the past well his entire entire career since the mid 2000s and it feels like Brady's the same yeah obviously in the Bucks game Mike Evans dropped that that easy touchdown ball which I think took the the wind out of the sails of the Bucks but I think Brady's just not been as accurate there was another pass in the second quarter to Mike Evans which went over his head there's other passes that are going low and other passes that going outside and you know, maybe that's an age element, but they just they just don't seem to have that same level of accuracy that we've known and loved for them for their whole careers. One 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 of the things uh, and, and and this this you know I'm I'm a very obviously uh, a gut based uh, mm-hmm. theorist when it comes to NFL a little bit more like obviously stats do tell a story, but I look at the body language and the way they lead their teams, and I, I and I from what I'm seeing to me it looks like. Brady, is, is it is it harsh to say it looks like Brady cares more? But there's something about his body language which shows a determination to get it right. Mm. And I know Rogers has always had this kind of lazy eye, hasn't he? He's always yeah. had this kind of like like obviously saw him, didn't we? And his eyes look almost like bored. He always looks he looks kind of bored. Now he's always looked like that. But of course, when you're winning, that's fine. But when you're losing, it looks like you kind of don't care. And I, I, you know, see, seeing Brady get frustrated because, as much as he's, he was inaccurate a couple of times, there were also times when, when the receivers. I'm trying to think of there was one uh, where he just turned and he looked so frustrated that I can't remember the wide receiver, but he literally commits on. So it, when he bounced out to the outside, he didn't commit to it. So Brady put it where he thought, and in the past, mm. whoever he was thrown to. But he he wasn't there, and it, you know we're talking sometimes with these plays we're talking exactly. And when you haven't got those wide receivers working for you, and again in Brady's defence, I think Mike Evans doesn't look really fit, and he's he's like your your standout wide receiver, and he mm-hmm. doesn't look fully fit. Whereas Rogers, yeah, it just seems to be inaccuracy. Maybe maybe Brady Brady and Rogers. I almost said I almost said Brady's and and Rogie. The Brady's and the Rogie. <laughs> Well-known quarterbacks of the league. Can we, can we combine them and call them Brogers? Brogers. Maybe, could, well, um, if they keep losing games for the rest of the season, it might just be easier just to call, just to, to just throw them into the same basket. Another defeat for Brogers. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Brady, especially, this is, is this effectively his third ever coach in the NFL? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be right. Because obviously you had Belichick, then you had 
Bruce Arians, and now you've got—is it Leftwich as the coach for the Bucks? Was it Leftwich? No, it was Bowles. You're, it was Todd Bowles, wasn't it? Yeah. Todd Bowles, yeah. Todd Bowles, yeah. yeah. So, and he and he, one of the reasons why he came back was to basically, basically help Todd Bowles, wasn't it? Yeah, and that, and there that was, was the story. There was always like, that uh, contention between you know him and Arians, and if they actually had a good relationship or not, but. The, the the thing is, I, I think going off the back of that, talking about like coaching and all that, so obviously you've got um, uh, Rogers and then... God, names are escaping me today. What's it? It's Matt, Matt Lafleur, isn't it, the Green Bay coach? Yeah, Lafleur, yeah. yeah Lafleur, yeah, that's yeah. it. But obviously he's got a new offensive coordinator because Hackett went to um, the, the Broncos. But I do think... I, I think for I think for Brady I think the you, the coach change is an underrated thing. I mean you've got Bruce Arians who took d- different teams to the playoffs and yeah. obviously won the Super Bowl with Brady and then last year was still there with Brady. Like, but uh, I think that as as a team so far that coach change is really is massively affecting it. I mean you look at Todd Bowles when he was a head coach for it was the Jets, wasn't it? A few years ago, he had. Mm. I think in his five or six seasons that he was a head coach, he had one one successful season. One successful season where they were the he was with the Jets. They were second in the AFC East, and then other seasons we're looking at five and eleven, five and eleven, four and twelve, and then so far this year with Tampa three and four. As, as, as I completely agree with you on the fact that watching Brady I think Brady cares so much and he, you know with all the personal things going on in his life he's basically mm. given up so much of his personal life to be able to still play this sport and I just think I don't think that Brady's the issue I think like anything quarterbacks do miss on throws and you know sometimes mm. receivers drop easy balls it, it it happens I just don't think the top balls is up to scratch I think it's just as simple as that I, I think the play calling's got worse I think maybe Bruce Arians was a guy that the reason there was talks of him and Brady not getting on is I think Bruce Arians a fired up guy who when Brady was there would challenge Brady and so I think you had two very confident good heads at the top of the top of your team basically because Brady's essentially also a coach when, as well as a player. When, when, yeah, when you have that dynamic, you you would effectively um, push each other to, yeah. to achieve more. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and then if and you if you lose that, you know, like with all of these things, there's a there is a there is a balance, and if if if, if that if the scales get tipped, it, for the, you know, it, it massively, and perhaps it literally is that case, and yeah, I and think Todd Bowles isn't up to it. I I think I do think that's a big part of it because, like you say, in the in the times when when Brady's down, like last week when he was getting sacked over and over again, and there was that clip online of him chewing out his O line and giving them a, a giving them the business on the sideline, and you know the spit coming out of his mouth and all that, like that's the fire you need. You need a guy to go, "I'm holding you accountable. Yeah. I want you to do better." But we're not seeing that of Top Bowls. Like I I I can't remember any shots or anything of Top Bowls on the sidelines from like this this season. There's nothing that I've seen of him, you know, firing up the team or anything. And that might just be something that I've missed. But for me, that seems to be the case. Whereas I feel like always with the Bucks the last couple of seasons, you'd always see Arians get fired up on the sideline, or you'd see Brady get fired up at the sideline, or you'd see Bruce Arians and Brady get fired up at the sideline. And that goes through your that goes through your team because they're like these guys are holding themselves accountable they're holding the team accountable and they also care so much and i think you're right i think that brady is still like that and i don't think brady's playing badly at all i just feel like it's almost like they're 
not to quote a controversial term, but their team feels quite deflated this season. Like just looking at them, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and that's such an unintentional. And I'm not going to segue and start talking about Deflate Gate. However, <laughs> right, my point is that I just think you're right. I think the body language of Brady is, um, you know, he's still that leader and he's still that guy yeah. trying to to take his team to that next level. And he cares so much, but I feel like that that as much as he can do that, he needs a coach like Arians or, or someone to be able to support that and be able to challenge yeah, support, him. And, support yeah, support that and challenge. Yeah, and, yeah, challenge, and yeah. challenge him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, when you, you, you flip it, you flip it, you then take that and you take that to the Packers. I'm just not seeing that. And again, it, possibly Rogers is just always being the same Rogers. But that kind of lazy looking face of his, when things aren't going well and you've got a relatively new, you know, relatively new coach, it, it, it it's... It's clear. Well, it becomes a challenge that they're just not up to. I mean, obviously yeah. they did. They did lose a pretty, a pretty big weapon, didn't they? In um, uh, Devontae Mr. Adams. Mr. Mr. Adams. Yep. Mr. Adams, who wasted his time going to the Raiders. Um, oh. And and. <laughs> Don't cry. Don't cry. That's, that's all right. This um, hasn't become a Raiders podcast yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, yeah. So 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 what so what I was going to say to you being the most knowledgeable man in the NFL ever. In the world, yep. What can both teams do to turn things around? Oh, there's a good question. I, I think that I think the Packers is the easiest one of this because, not saying it is easy, but I think out of them and the Bucks, I think the Packers, their issue that I've found throughout this season, and even just looking at their stats in their wins versus their losses, is they're not running the ball. They run the ball, I think, 12 times uh, versus Washington. And Washington didn't blow them out. Like, Washington, the Packers were up against Washington, and they were only lost by two points in the end. But the Packers, you've got AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, two of the best backs in the league just on their own, let alone as in the dual, same du- way. As, as, as dual threats go, they are up there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. you see the successful teams this year have those, the ability to have those top running backs. But you the Packers mention, just... You can mention the Cowboys there. Yeah, yeah yes, free. yes. The, the Cowboys, uh, I think, are possibly the uh, also the epitome of this, having Pollard and having Zeke. Yeah, and and that's and so that's what you see with these teams, though, is is that they're using the the that those their two headed monsters to work. Like the Jets are the same. Unfortunately, Brees Hall now is Tory's ACL, but him and Michael Carter all season have been playing great together. And I think with the yeah. Packers, they just need to run it more. Like if you're up against the team and you're only running the ball twelve times and you're constantly throwing to your receivers who haven't been playing outside of probably Adam Lazard and then the odd catch from other players, they haven't been playing great. So why are you not just running the football more? Like I don't, yeah, I genuinely exactly, don't understand. But again, is that purely down to the influence of Rogers? I mean, you 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 don't know the personality of the person, but he he took a big contract, didn't he? Yeah. Took it took a big chunk of money at a time when you like, you know, you look back. You remember when when Brady was um, looking to win more Super Bowls with the Patriots. He was often sort of deferring his money, wasn't he? I'm yeah. not saying he was. I'm not, not saying he was donating his money to charity. No, but he was often deferring his money so that he could get he could build the team around him. Yeah. Whereas Rogers, at a time when you might have been thinking he's probably got enough money, maybe sacrifice some 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 dough to get in some good weapons around him and, and, and a better offensive line. He just took the big pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
what's well, so what does that say about someone? And yeah, in this situation, maybe he's just dictating to the coach that basically trust me with the ball to to make the plays, and that, it's yeah. just not happening. Which is point. leaving two, which is leaving a very decent pair of running backs, kind of like you say, running the ball twelve times. Yeah, yeah, no, I I I think that. It's kind of felt like Rogers over the last few years has wanted more of that influence. Like when it came to that the fourth down play against the Bucks two years ago in the NFC Championship, where Rogers wasn't trusted to try and get the ball into the end zone, they went for that field goal to try and get the ball back, and then ended up losing the game. It almost feels like that was a start of right. I want more influence on this team, and and I want to be the one to to be the hero, and and that's it. And it and week by week we're seeing that. He's he's still got that ability, like that throw that he he threw to Aaron Jones um, to get within two points of Washington uh, in the fourth quarter of the weekend was glorious. Rolled out to the left, then whilst he's running running forward, throws it and gets uh, Jones running down the sideline into the end zone. Like it was it was vintage Rogers to to do that yeah. play. So you can still see he does it, but if he's got too much of an influence where he's going, right, I want to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game and and I want to be the one to be the hero and do all this. Like it's just not it's not ideal. And and does is it's, it the same kind of thing with the the Bucks where you've got a you need someone to be able to challenge and go, right, I know how talented you are. I know how good you are. However, this needs there needs to be a balance and kind of check that not saying Rogers has a massive ego, but check that ego into being like, right, we need to have this balance. We've got two backs, like we want you to be the hero, but we also need to do this and this and this and this and that's it. So So you think so you so you think the Packers basically have the solution in the squad? I think I think so. With the, with the team. I, I do, think do so. Do you think so do you going to the Bucks, do you think they might go and see if they can trade for uh, a, another weapon for, for Brady to throw to. I, I don't know, because the thing is, now you've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin back, who on the, as like a, a lone receiver on a team are both top receivers. Like We've seen that over the last few seasons. I don't think mm. it's a... I, I think the problem is, like as I say, I think the Packers, it's definitely... You don't think it's a personnel problem? No, no, I don't. I, I think that... I, I think, you know, there's been some issues with the the offensive line on the Bucks this year with injuries and so on and changes and all that. But I I think it's just I, I think it's almost like an ethos within the team. I think that and, and I don't I, the problem is I don't know how you change that without basically changing your coach. Like that's the that's the issue. Like I feel like that's Which the just problem. doesn't really doesn't really happen that often in the NFL, does it? I mean No, no. If 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 if, if the Bucks or the, the Packers were Chelsea, they'd have they'd have definitely sat their coach by now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that, and that's it just the doesn't thing. seem to happen in American football. Um yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. That's that, that's it. I did, I did wonder if perhaps um with especially with the Bucks, I wonder if they needed to just add another wide receiver. I, yeah, I just, I, I think, I, I just don't think that's the case. I, I think that it's, I, I think that's the problem is I think it's a, I, I think it's an all encompassing like philosophy in there of getting everyone on the same page and also just maybe not having a head coach who could do it. It's like, you look, for example, just to your point, you look at the Broncos squad at the moment. Yeah, they've lost their top running back, but on paper, that squad should be a Super Bowl squad. You've got, the quarterback you've got if you look at your receivers judy and uh, sutton as top receivers then hamler's doing well behind them so you've got those you've got good tight ends so so in terms of weapons they've got everything but right now they're just not executing and getting there and so i don't think adding any more weapons to 
to the Bucks is going to make a difference. I think even if you had Rob Gronkowski not retire and was there, I still think the Bucks would be in the same position. They'd put up some more points each game, but I still think they'd be losing these same games. And so for the Packers, much easier. Run the football more. Use those backs that you've got. And then open up open up that playbook so you can give some more play action to Rodgers. You can use those receivers and go from there. With the Bucks, I think the issue is in in their philosophy as a team and that maybe Todd Bowles just doesn't have it. And I think that's the issue. So the and, and no coach is gonna get fired at three and four at the start of the season because that's not an awful record. And I think at the moment the Bucks are still top of their division. Like so so it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, that's it, we're done, the season's over. But I do think that going into next year, however the Bucks get whatever record they have at the end of this season, I do think there's gonna be some changes in terms of like their actual coaching team. Okay. All right. I, I mean I, I I just wonder if I wonder if the Bucks might see if they can get another um tight end. That's 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 hmm. the, my only possible possible it's not, is it a prediction? I don't know. Because I think Brady's always loved, um, well, obviously, yeah, you mentioned Gronkowski. Yeah. He's gone. Um, and, you know, we go back yeah, several years to when they had the dual threat tight ends. Um, yeah. I, want, I wonder if that's, it's like, it's almost like playing fantasy football, isn't it? But if you look at if you look at the Bucks and you look at Brady, who, let's face it, Brady and Rodgers are still elite quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just wonder if if I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have seen uh, know who, but I wonder if they might look at seeing if they can. That could be like a, a big change if they could get in another tight end that's a you know a pro pro quality tight. I don't know yeah, their uh, but I don't point. I don't know their budget caps and things like that. But Brady's always liked a decent tight end. Um, Maybe maybe that's something they might look at. It's a good point. I I, th- I think it's a very good point. And maybe with the 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 trade deadline coming up, that's something that we can chat about a bit more. Because trade deadline mm. will be end of next week, won't it? Um, well, we are in we are in now in there. I mean, it, it's great fun, isn't it? You know, when when you see obviously the things like some people love on when you see McCaffrey uh, being traded. Obviously, yeah. not great if you're a Panthers fan, but it's, it is exciting when you see when you wake up like we do in England. You wake up and overnight you see the trade like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's an exciting story to watch, isn't it? As a new from a neutral perspective to see what happens, how that plays out, it's exciting. So yeah, I do, I do wonder if um if that might be something they look at just to uh, because because again, as we said, they're not going to change they're not going to change coach, right? No. So. The philosophy you think is setting is, is kind of set now. It's not like anything's going to dramatically change. No. So the only thing from my point of view, especially with the Bucks, is I wonder if that might be a route to go down. Like you say, with the Packers, I think they just really do they just need to kind of like say, Hey, look, we've got two of the best running backs. Like let's use them more. Yeah. I mean that that almost seems like a no brainer and it's 100%, bizarre. A hundred percent. And they've and maybe, maybe that's something the Bucks will do. The, and and the thing is in their in their wins themselves they are using the back score in all their wins this season you've had double digit carries or more than double digit carries for both running backs so if if you, the philosophy and the, and the idea of what's happening in your wins versus losses it's almost down on paper but I think yeah I think the the trade deadlines next next Tuesday the first of November which kind of works out perfectly in terms of our next podcast episode but it'll be interesting to see if you're your idea or your prediction that the Bucks will go out and get a tight end and trade for a tight end will happen. But will it will it completely change their team? We don't know. 
But talking about head coaches and coaches that aren't doing so well for teams or, or maybe don't have it, a couple of the New York teams seem to have found their guys in terms of head coaches and seem to be doing it incredibly well this season. Look at the Jets but and the just, Giants. Can't, can't believe it. Beautifully segued. Yeah, I know. Segwayed, I know. I have I know. to say. Um, can, I, can, I, can I applaud that one? Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's an amazing story, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, who'd have seen that coming? Let's let's face like like maybe maybe one every now and again, but both of them at the same time. Um, yeah, incredible. Um, am I happy <laughs> being a Cowboys fan? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure, but um, you know, you have to you have to applaud it when you see it. They, yeah, they just they just seem to be doing everything right, and I and I think I remember watching Robert Sala last year, the the Jets coach. And he was one of those guys that when he was at San Francisco, and like we've been talking about in terms of coaches and people pumping up teams and those leaders, watching him when the year that San Francisco made the Super Bowl, when he was getting so fired up on the sideline when any of the guys on the defense of San Francisco made a big play, you you just kind of looked at him and went, okay, that's a guy that you want as a head coach of a team. You make a big play, you do something good. He cares and, he, and he's so animated. And that, and I think that you've got that in the same respect with the Giants. Brian DeBole doing the same. He's a guy that obviously did amazing things as the offensive coordinator of the Bills. But there was that clip that went around after he won the game against the Packers in um, London where he's fired up and he's running out of the... Um, uh, running into the tunnel of the the giants and saying let's go and he's so happy like that's what you want the guys who was who are that fired up and care that much about the sport and i think that's what the jets and giants have found now they've got those head coaches that in their own right as an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator have been great but now they're showing that but they've got it and they've got that that standard to be that head coach who who guys want to so play far. for so it's yeah 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 so, so far week week eight so far um because okay, so right now I don't want to I don't want to dampen the flames of enthusiasm, right? But I did do a little Ooh, bit of research. That did sound good. I, I I know right, but I did, great. I did do a tiny bit of research. Now now the Jets who are sitting at five and two, I'm sure you will be aware of this. But four, but so far they faced backup quarterbacks in four of their wins. Right, which is a factor, isn't it? It's, it's going to be a factor. Yeah. So, so, so one of the things that we were going to talk about was which one of these two New York teams are going to keep this run going. I, I, th- I think, I think, based off what's currently happening, I think it's got to be the Giants, hasn't it? When you even just look that, at the, the Giants' yeah. last two games, who they've played, well, in their, well the last few games actually. There is, there is something about Daniel Jones that is starting to just look like. A veteran quarterback, yeah, you know, like, like, it's it, like he, he, he's probably here. He's never going to put the numbers up that you know Rogers or Brady have done. Yeah, he's not going to be Joe Burrow. No, I think, you know, but he's now got to that. He's, his game seems to have got to that point where he knows when to get rid of the ball. He knows when yeah. to run. Like the other, the other day, you know, his 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 run game. And he's always had that. He's always had that. He just oh, yeah. seems to be the time. The, the time seems to be working now. He just seems to be reading the game a little bit quicker. He knows when to get rid of the ball. It just seems to have that look of a veteran quarterback now. And I, I mean, how, how many years has Daniel Jones been in the league? Uh, this will be his 
fourth season, won't it? Yeah, fourth season. So, so I guess, I guess it's it's a it's, it's kind of about time. But maybe the Giants are actually kind of like um, maybe the Giants deserve some some props for giving him the time. The the Giants, I think, having patience um, in Jones, yeah. and now I think they're being rewarded for that. It, to me, it, look, it looks like. Um, uh, it looks like he, yeah, he's, he's just looking like a starting to have the look of a veteran quarterback. Yeah, I I agree. I th- I think he's he seems to have improved every year he's been in the league as well. Because you're chatting obviously about him having the ability not to do the wrong things and not to turn over the ball and so on. Uh, that was kind of what Daniel Jones has been known as the past few years is that turnover machine. Like first first season of the league, eighteen fumbles, eleven lost. Second season in the league, 11 fumbles, 6 lost. Third season in the league, 7 fumbles, 3 lost. And this season, 2 fumbles, 2, two lost. So he's holding yeah. on. To, he's, he's, he's not turning the ball over as much. I think that's the thing. He's not doing, in the wins, he's not doing the wrong things. He's doing the right things. They're, he's understanding that the offense goes through their run game, which is Barkley. And getting that ball yes. to Barkley and letting Barkley do his things, but then when yeah. the when like the 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 touchdown pass that he threw to Slayton was beautiful, it was a lovely deep yeah. shot, and it's like he's not he's not hindering the team. He's doing everything that he needs to do to keep that 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 team at the level that he's playing at. And I think that's the yeah. thing. Just looking at his stats over the last four years, he just seems to the tail of the tape seems to say that he's just improving little by little by little every season. And like you say about the team having patience with him, the, 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 the coincidence or not coincidence, but the comparison is that is that's obviously what the bills did with Josh Allen and that's paid dividends. Yeah. And now you've got Brian DeBowell, who was the offensive coordinator of the bills through the years where Josh Allen was playing there is now the coach of the giants and then he's stuck with Jones and keeping that, keeping, um, keeping faith in Jones, and maybe that's the reason why they've they're, they're, he's keeping Jones and keeping that faith in him is because he knows how well that works out with Josh Allen and knows that sometimes maybe you need to give it a little while. And you know it hasn't been the best situation for Jones so far mm. in the league. Like he hasn't always had the best weapons to throw to. He hasn't had a fantastic O line any of the years that he's been playing in the league. And maybe that's what Double's looking at is going. Well, actually, we've put some more pieces around him. We've you know drafted Evan Neal, the yeah. the tackle. Andrew Thomas is playing really well. We've got Barkley in there. Yeah. And all right, let's just and let's see by, what the guy then, can do. Yeah, and then but and, and by sticking with him and giving him the years to to just develop within the game, you now have that situation where you put you you built the squad around him, and now you have a quarterback that's yeah you, know, you haven't just gone okay let's get rid of him and get another rookie in, like you've got a guy now that's four years in and he's showing the maturity which you, which if 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 you're not going to be the match winner like uh, yeah. being, you need to have maturity and be able to lead the team to wins. And their wins are quite often fourth quarter, but yeah. he's getting it done. Yeah, and no, I agree. Combined, helped massively by having Barkley, who has just been phenomenal. But I think this is an interesting point because, you know, what we were chatting about with the Packers and that the fact that it almost seems like Rodgers is going, all right, lean on me, I'll do all this. And don't don't worry about the two fantastic running backs we've got in the backfield. Like, I'll, I'll be the one to win these games and do this. And I think the maturity of Jones is the fact that he's going, I know Barkley's the star of this team. 
I'll do whatever I can to help this team win. If you need me in the fourth quarter to make a fourth quarter drive and win, I'll do that. If you need me to get mm. to the fourth quarter and just hand off to Barkley and let him run over the defense, I'll do that. And I think that's the thing. He's not being, there's no ego there. I think that's what I like about Jones is it seems like he's going, I just want to win at the end of the day. Well, I, we, I, we yeah, I that, just we, want to win. We saw that first hand, didn't we? When, yeah. Like you said, like, you know, when, when, when at the end of that Packers win uh, in London, and he just ran straight off the straight off the pitch. He wasn't interested. In, he wasn't interested in the cameras, yeah, or any of or any of that. He literally just ran pretty much straight off the pitch because he seems to he seems to almost have that kind of Manning vibe. Yeah, you said, where you said that last really, week as well, didn't you? He's exactly. He's not. Let's face it. The Mannings were never ones that were all about the look. Or, no. the, or, or the the bravado. No, or, no. Uh, even you, 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 did, you didn't get you something. didn't get an Instagram story of oh look at Peyton Manning's fit for no. the week. He's dressed he, he, as like, a swan like... coming into the locker room. Like oh that's that's cool, <laughs> ain't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I know Brady Brady earned the rights to be a little bit flash. Yeah, but but the yeah, both Mannings have pretty decent careers. Yeah, and you never you never got that vibe that they were like hey look at me and Jones again seems to have that and um. Clearly, it's a New York thing when it comes to that kind of uh, looking for that kind of player. Maybe just having someone that they know they can trust. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing. Now we've, I think now going into the mid season, seeing that the Giants are are where they're at. I think the thing is, last week we were chatting about you know we want that leader to be able to fire up a team. You know, after the game's done, be like, oh yeah, that was so good, and beat and show it and all that. Maybe. Jones's presence of being that calming guy of okay we've won that game but now let's look forward and so on yeah. maybe that is part of the secret maybe it's not as simple as one thing or the other of okay well Brady's this guy who's going to fire his team up and oh Jones is this guy who's going to do this and this guy's this maybe it is actually at the top level you've got those guys who you know need to be in that position of leader fire the guys up and so on and maybe sometimes some teams work better where they've got that calming presence of a quarterback yeah. who's going you know what i'm here i'm going to help you guys win games but yeah. i'm not the star this is all about the team and maybe maybe yeah. maybe that's now the problem with the bucks maybe now that tom brady is there is basically their team and their team's all about brady and every weekly news thing is about brady his personal life and that maybe that's now becoming a distraction for them and having a and having that quarterback who cannot be that distraction and just help you win games by not doing the wrong things and doing the right things, maybe, maybe that's exactly. the that that's the thing. And Super Bowls have been won by quarterbacks basically not doing the wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. Sound very, it doesn't sound very exciting, does it? But I'm not saying the Giants are a Super Bowl prediction, by the way. No, I'm just saying. But perhaps, perhaps, yeah, it just it just works, and and he's doing what he has to do, and then you just let Barkley do the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think that's completely completely right, and I and I um, think on, and and I think when you're looking at the Giants in comparison to going back to the Jets, maybe that's kind of what Zach Wilson is doing as well. He's just not doing the wrong things for his team. Like Wilson's not exactly even putting up the most flashy numbers this season. Um, you don't you don't look at Wilson like right right now he has one touchdown pass and two interceptions this season, but it's, I mean it's, it's one more touchdown pass than I've got. True, true, and also in the, in the uh, but also two more interceptions that you have in the NFL as that, well. That is true in your face, <laughs> <Zach>. <laughs> I wonder if there's any way we could get this podcast to Robert Sala and maybe you could be the starting quarterback for the Jets. <laughs> I could be the starting. I mean, I could probably hand it off. 
and then run away. And to be fair, the Jets do have a very good run game. Because so, um, literally news earlier this day before we started the podcast, obviously they've traded and picked up James Robinson from the from the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they had to do something, didn't they, I suppose? Uh, if if yeah. they are going to rely on the run game, obviously losing um, Brees, Brees Hall, Hall, isn't yeah. it? That's it. Yeah, losing Brees Hall. Um it's quite, to be honest, it's quite impressive that they 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 move so so swiftly. Actually, I, I think I think it's a, a sign of a team that's in a good place when, you know, they they know. I feel like that's the thing with some teams; they just know their identity. Like you look at the yeah. Eagles. What are the Eagles? They're a team that runs the football. That's what they do. That that's that's their their bread and butter. And I think that's the same with the Giants now. And I think that's the thing with the Jets. They've gone all right. We know Zach Wilson could do enough for us to win games. Mike Jones isn't going to do the wrong things. But we know that our team is running the football through and through, and that's it. Okay, we've lost our yeah. starting running back who's been playing amazing this season. Well, what we need to do then is get another star running back and bring him in and then keep going and keep doing the right things. Do you think you think they can keep that momentum going with uh, Robinson? I I do. I think the thing is, going back to chatting about the Packers and having those two good running backs, the thing is, when you've got those two backs that can play at such a high level... Because uh, now you've got Michael Carter, who was a rookie last year and is going into his second season. And now you've got James Robinson there as well. I think the thing is, that's why teams are using these two-hooded monsters and, and using um, splitting carries more so, is because then you can keep those guys fresh. Like yeah. that, that offense, The offense last year for the Jags wasn't exactly amazing. Um, and it wasn't exactly amazing the year before. But Robinson was that constant of that guy. But when you're just giving the ball to Robinson... Uh, that's not exactly going to be conducive to a healthy season for Robinson. So I think now if he goes into a situation where, you know, he's splitting carries with Michael Carter and we've shown that he can catch the ball, he's a good receiving threat as well, and so is Michael Carter, you can split between those guys. And then with Zach Wilson, you know, escaping out of the pocket and running it as well, I think I think it puts the Jets in a good place. Do do I think that the the Jets are going to be, you know, go deep into the playoffs or anything like that? I don't think so. I did predict ages ago when I on one of the the earlier podcasts this year. I do think the Jets will make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to win anything in the playoffs because right now, as much as and it's there's kind of a similar situation with the Giants. As much as their run games are good, their defenses are playing well, their quarterbacks aren't doing the wrong things. I think you need a quarterback not just to not do the wrong things to get to that next level. Like the a true test for the Jets is going to be in two weeks when they play the Bills, and they've got two games against the Bills coming up later this season, and I I think that's going to kind of show how good they really are as a team. You know, starting against the guy who mm. is basically leading the way for being MVP for this season. Um, yeah, I think it's going to show a lot about who this Jets team actually is. But yeah, I, I yeah. So, so going going back to the idea of, of them possibly Super Bowl, possibly not, because you know they've got winning records, so mm-hmm. why not? Would there be who would you use as an example of a quarterback that has either won a Super Bowl or got to the final, who perhaps is um, taking a team further than you would take a team? Uh, I th- I think the obvious choice is Nick Foles, but he wasn't he wasn't the starter for the entire season. You mean someone? Who's no, a starter, that was that, but... that was some that was some bizarre momentum. Uh, yeah, by divine intervention, which I hated. 
Yeah, that that was it, it, it. You got to admit, it was incredible to watch. As much as you're it was a, a cowboy it was, fan, it was, it was just it was it, crazy. It was and let's not talk about it. Okay, I see. I see. Well, we'll cut. We'll, no, I'll, no, I'll hard cut at this part of the like, podcast like, in the edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just get rid of that. Out. No, no, but a whole season, like a guy who's, who's starting quarterback. You never thought he was going to be the one, but somehow divine intervention, and it just happened. Like, would you say to when when Kaepernick took the 49ers to the Super Bowl? Yeah, like, that's a good point. At the time, he was he was he was almost like he's the way his run game was almost like Jones at times. This kind of big sort of you know, General Jones is a tall guy, isn't he? Yeah. Similar kind of build, an ability to drop back in the pocket and then sort of go, okay, I'm just going to run this. I'm just going to run twenty yards. Yeah. Like, possibly that kind of that you know, and 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 he, okay, he didn't win it, but. I don't know. Is there anyone else like? Yeah, because looking at looking at Colin Kaepernick, the season that they went to the the Super Bowl, he was hardly you know his his numbers didn't jump off the stat sheet. Besides his actual, uh, his sorry numbers didn't anyway, but his rushing stats were good. So yeah, yeah, exactly, which, which exactly, might be exactly, a comparison like, of of you know what what Jones is being like this season. Yeah, exactly. An example of a quarterback who doesn't necessarily put up flashy numbers, but just through through his legs and through doing the simple things right and having the right players around him gets gets the job done. Oh my god, am I just the Giants up for a super run run? This is ridiculous. Are uh, you you are. You are. We haven't even got to the part where you talk about your theory for the season, but this is we haven't, this no. is tasty stuff. This is tasty stuff, yeah. Um yeah, I d I don't know. I th- I think maybe maybe I'm just scarred from those those surprise you know, let's face it, every in the last twenty years the Giants have won a Super Bowl. You've never really seen it coming, have you? No, that that's the thing. The Giants were, you know, like the year they beat the undefeated Patriots and, you know, in the press conferences, people were talking about how many points they're going to put up. And the Tom Brady's like, yeah, we're going to put up more points than that. And all of a sudden, somehow the Giants win. Like, it just seems to be the Giants' way of doing things. Exactly, exactly. And that, like, that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's scaring me. Like, you know, no one, no one needs to see that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need if, to if, see if, that again. If you could, well, that's a good. If you could have any team that's in the NFC East win the Super Bowl, that's not the Giants. Who would it be for you? Who would it be? It'd probably be. Uh, I'd probably be the Dallas Cowboys. Oh no it. way! Uh, that's shot. I, 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 coming from you, that's a real surprise. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! You never, you'd never seen it coming, would you? Um, no, actually, no. Look straight up, right? I don't hate the Giants. I mean, I love New York. New York's a place I love going to. Yeah, New York. So great. I don't hate the Giants, and I'm not saying that they are potential Super Bowl winners. I think there are a lot better teams, mm. but you have to respect their record so far this season. You have to respect the Jones. Just has that look of a quarterback who's showing me maturity. They've got mm-hmm. the best running back. You know, there's something there. I think just thinking about it, to, to answer your question about those those quarterbacks who have just sort of done enough to get deep into the playoffs or into the, the Super Bowl, top guy over the last, you know, 20 years who's done that, I'd say it's Jared Goff, isn't necessarily that top MVP level quarterback, but just did the right things with the team he had around him to get his team to the Super Bowl. Didn't win it, but... I, th- I think Eli Manning's probably got to be the guy who is the epitome of guys doing the right things to then win a Super Bowl. So I think uh, Jared Goff is that top guy who's got to the Super Bowl. But then the other two guys who I know have got deep into the 
the playoffs by just doing the right things, who aren't necessarily the best quarterbacks. There's got to be Case Keenum and Blake Bortles that that year, what was it 20, 2019, where they both got to the NFC and AFC Championship. So though, those are kind of the guys who I think, you know, the, the Giants with Daniel Jones are resembling at the moment. That team that, as you say, could potentially slip deep into the playoffs just because they're doing all the things right and they're leading on that run game. So maybe that's the... amazing. That's, that's an amazing word word usage. <laughs> slip deep into the playoffs. <laughs> I can't let that go. Oh god, the, the, the that's the issue. The, the the amount of innuendos that we have on this show. I'm all about double entendres. I, I can't. I can't let that one go. Okay. You, you think. You think. You think they have the ability to sleep, slip deep into the playoffs. I, I think. I think Daniel Jones' quarterback play is so good that the Giants will slip right, good and deep, into the playoffs. <laughs> I, I. Well. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Before we wrap up the New York thing, then. Right. Yeah. That would obviously. That the, the 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 Giants have the ability to make it out of the NFC. Is that what you're saying? Well, it, in in terms of a, they don't have to necessarily win. I don't think they'll win the NFC East. I'll put I'll put that out there. I think the Eagles are going to be the team that wins the NFC East. But I think that the Giants have the ability to get into the playoffs. I know you said slip into the playoffs. Get into the playoffs as that <laughs> wild card team who can maybe win the first round, win the second round, and then I think that there's a chance they lose, then lose to the Eagles in the NFC Championship. I see. Honestly, this, you heard it here first. This is one of those you heard it here first moments. This is me and you saying that the Giants are a deep run. Well, you get that. That's the thing. Like to mention about Bortles and mention about the Vikings, you get those teams who just do that. And earlier in the season, you don't see you don't see it happening. You don't see it happening. But if we if we look at the playoff picture right now of what's going on in the NFC, Philadelphia top right now, six and zero records. Yeah, I think they are without a doubt the best team in the NFC. Their overall, their run game, they're able to pass. The the team they've got is great. The defense is good. Minnesota second haven't exactly convincingly been that team who can really get to the the Super Bowl. They're doing good things, but I'm not convinced by them as a team. And also, they've got a first year head coach who notoriously don't do well even if they get to the playoffs. Currently, the third seed is Seattle. Seattle have been one of the surprises of the season. But I don't think they're they're good enough to really get deep into the playoffs, even if they they win their division. Although I don't think they will. I think San Francisco will win their division. But then seed four, Tampa Bay. We've spoken about Tampa Bay. Even if they win their division, I don't see them being good enough to go deep into the playoffs. Then the fifth seed is the New York Giants right now. So if yeah. you look at the t- the way the t- the team, and then you've got obviously Dallas behind them as the sixth seed right now, and then the Rams. So out of the teams in the NFC so far, I'd say the only team that I'm convinced could could kind of match up with Philadelphia, and I think they always tend to put it together in the second half of the season, is San Francisco. But right now, San Francisco are three and four, and if the playoffs started right now, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So is it really so far-fetched to say that the Giants could make the NFC Championship? Is, is that really that far-fetched based on what I've just said? It's scarily not. That that's the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I I'm seeing, I'm seeing those signs. Yeah, I think that's the point I'm making. I'm seeing those signs. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and I, and I'm, and it's unnerving me. Yeah, and and I'm, and I'm agreeing with you, Ag- agreeing with you. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the thing. First, heard it here first. Giants are making the NFC Championship. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to wrap. That's a good way to wrap that section up. Talking about the New York teams. Well, all right. Move on yeah. to the next section. This is a, a bit of a new section that we're going to try because one of the things, one of the reasons we started this podcast is because Gavin is a big fan of the sport, but doesn't necessarily know all that much about the stats and all that specifically. Whereas I'm a big fan of the sport, but also know a lot about the stats. So we kind of like when we have those conversations about the NFL, it's interesting because you get two very different perspectives in terms of someone who knows those stats as someone who's been a fan of the game probably 20 years longer than I have. So you've, you've got those two, those two different perspectives. So we thought we'd try something. This is Gavin's idea to give him credit. And this is Gavin's weekly blitz. Do you want to explain it, Gavin? I'll let you do the honors since this was your your concept. Okay, okay yeah. So, so the concept, the idea is basically, I, I'm going to throw something at you that you don't know that I'm what I'm going to throw at you, which is where I can we come up with the idea of the blitz name. You didn't, you don't see it coming. Okay. No. So, um, yeah, each week I'm going to try and come up with something, and you're then going to basically either completely shut it down, or or say, yeah, that's actually possible basically that's that's kind of how it's going to go yeah okay yeah works for me so hit me with it far away i'll fire with my first one this is my first one and it is is on on something that's happened recently okay does christian mccaffrey make the 49ers a super bowl winning team i i don't think so I, that, that, to, to start, I don't think show, so. Show me I'll, your workings out. I'll tell. I'll tell you why. I've written it down. I'm, I've been I'm, doing I'm algebra. You. In, algebra. I'm coming at you, right? I'm coming at you. You're in the pocket. Okay. You got to get rid of that ball. <laughs> okay. Let me. Let me. Let, I will tell you why, and I have good reasons. Okay. Uh, just because I feel like it. Right. Moving on to the next section. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So, so. So. I think. I think. So I was they've re- got, hang on, right? They've got. They've got McCaffrey. They've got Debo Samuel. Right, they've yeah. got a veteran quarterback who isn't necessarily the fanciest, but he he's a he's a game manager, right? Yeah, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, I I don't think so. I think and this kind of it, it, we've spoken a lot about running backs this episode, but this is kind of one of the things. Look at James Robinson. So James Robinson, undrafted rookie, comes in and has a thousand yard season. You look at that with Philip Lindsay as well. So you look at the fact that he and Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson for the 49ers was an undrafted player. Uh, I think who was there? Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Is it Eli Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell, the guy, the running back from his injured at the moment was a sixth rounder, I believe. So running back wise, you're getting these quality running backs in the later rounds or undrafted. And with the 49ers, their run game has always been a big part of their team. But with, with Christian McCaffrey, as much as a great player he is, is it showing that running backs can only do so much for their team? Because really, McCaffrey can run and run the ball well, which we've seen him do for so many years. He can catch like a wide receiver. Yes, he can do that. But that, that that's all he can do with the team 
if the game script, you know, if the 49ers go down by three touchdowns, yes, they can check it down to Christian McCaffrey, but at the end of the day, the quarterback's going to have to throw and they can't use him in the run game. So, yeah, but, can he do but, that? But I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm saying, does, does you think the 49ers, who are, who are, a, are a decent side, and uh, what, what are they, three and four after last night? Three and four, yeah. Yeah, like to last night. And, and that's a game where they were in that game until the fourth quarter against let's face it, a very good, you know, Mahomes was on fire last night. They yeah. were in that game. They, McCaffrey's been there five minutes. I'm not just, I'm not saying is McCaffrey going to win the Super Bowl for the 49ers of their own, but does he elevate their team enough to be a contender? That's what I'm, that's what I'm asking. Okay. I, I don't think so. Based on what I said, but also because in his first few seasons with the Panthers, Obviously, the Panthers had a great roster. That was when Cam Newton was still playing well and so on. And the Panthers were not a Super Bowl team. They were good. They were very good. And then I think the first year that you played with them in the playoffs, they nearly beat the Saints, but the Saints came back. So they were very good, but he didn't elevate them then. And the last couple of seasons, he's struggled with his injuries, but also hasn't elevated the Panthers to that next level. And another reason is obviously the Panthers just traded him to the 49ers. So arguably, you'd look at that and go, okay, well, the Panthers have got a backup quarterback in there. They've just traded away their top running back. So they're going to get stomped by the Bucks, which I feel like was our philosophy going into like our predictions for this week. But then leaning on hmm. Donta Foreman and Tuba Hubbard, they then beat the Bucks. And so they trade, traded away McCaffrey, got all of these picks, only for their run game to still be incredibly strong against the team that's supposed to have a good run defense. So I, I don't okay. think... I think Christian McCaffrey's an amazing player, and I think he is a top player, but I just don't think, in terms of the running back position as a whole, that position's enough of a... In, 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 that position you can don't do so enough, much. You, you don't... You don't think he's enough to elevate the 49ers to, to be that good? No, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think that the 49ers are a very good team, but at the moment, I think that's kind of all they can be. And I think and I think also that kind of goes with Garoppolo. Garoppolo could only take the team so far. I think maybe if you had a, let's say, a Mahomes or an Allen on a team like that, or, you know, let's say if Christian McCaffrey went to the Bills... I think it then does elevate that team because basically that team is doing everything so well. And because they're leaning on that quarterback, all of a sudden okay. they go, you know, for example, in that game against the Chiefs, the Bills versus the Chiefs, if they're throwing these, uh, Josh Allen's throwing these beautiful deep balls to his receiver and that receiving game is working well, then in that run game, if all of a sudden the Chiefs then have to defend Christian McCaffrey as well, there's just, there's almost no, no way of doing that. Because okay. you're looking at Josh Allen for the whole game, seeing what he's doing. You're looking at Stefan Diggs for the whole game, looking at what he's doing. And all of a sudden, you bring in Christian McCaffrey. And then, like, okay, we've got to defend this guy in the run game and the pass game so as basically, well. So, basically, do you still think that Garoppolo just isn't good enough? Uh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. That would be that would, that would effectively be the bottleneck. Like, if you, if you upgraded Garoppolo, I mean, obviously, I know American football isn't just about running backs and quarterbacks. No. But... If you upgrade, you think Garoppolo is basically what's going to hold the 49ers back going forward. Yeah, I I, I think so. And I, I think you only have to, to look at the game at the weekend um, to see. Like Christian McCaffrey had eight rushes for 38 yards. Jeff Wilson had seven rushes for 54 yards. So that's an average of 4.8 yards and 7.7 .7 yards respectively between them. If you gave the ball to Christian McCaffrey 15 times in that game, 
that's not going to stop the Chiefs from putting up 44 points. It's not going to stop Jimmy no. Garoppolo from throwing at the end of the first half an interception when they could have easily got three points there. Like that, it's not going to stop those things. And I think, I think that's the thing. I think there's only so much the running back position as a whole can do. I do think it improves the team, and I do think it's a good way of being able to keep a top running back in there all the all the time because obviously you'll get Eli Mitchell coming back, and then you're going to have. Jeff Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell, and I say arguably Debo Samuel, who can play the running back position as well in there. But I just don't think the running back position as a whole can elevate a team to that okay. next level. Because, yeah, otherwise, okay, well, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, going yeah, forward, go I, I am excited, as a neutral, I'm excited to see that what, what they do with players of the quality of McCaffrey and Samuel in tandem. Because, because both of them are players that offers so much flexibility. Yeah. Like, they're not like McCaffrey isn't just your standard running back. Running no. back Debo Samuel, Samuel isn't your standard wide receiver. So they are so like as uh, dynamic they are they are two of the most sort of really dynamic players. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do going forward with those two players. But yeah, you are right. If you put in a quarterback that was you know, any one of a number of better quarterbacks, whether someone more mobile, yeah, someone more accurate, then then you go to the next level. As it is, it must be incredibly frustrating to be a 49ers fan to see now what they've got and then know full well that you haven't really got an elite quarterback. No, 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 I, I completely no. agree. Okay. But then again, then again, on the other side of that, I, I don't think it elevates them, but also maybe that's just a... Um, I think of, you know, you look at Debo Samuel and that guy can be a wide receiver and could also play running back. Maybe the problem is we haven't seen a team in the league who's had a wide receiver who can line up in the backfield as well as a running back who can line up out wide. And maybe that's the thing we'll see with the 49ers going forward is that they'll be able to use those two in such a unusual way like for example like we haven't seen a player like Debo Samuel I'd say in NFL history a guy who can be no. that good at both positions and I think maybe that's the thing maybe Shanahan brought McCaffrey over because he's going right I'm going to be able to use you in basically the opposite way that I use Debo Samuel and so maybe that is just for me because I haven't seen a guy a team where they've had two of those players who can basically jump between wide receiver and running back maybe that's the reason why I, I don't think it's going to elevate them that much, just in the normal scheme of things. Okay. But as you say, McCaffrey well, I, isn't a normal player, is he? And neither is Dio Samuel. Exactly. We, I, reckon, I reckon we come up to this in a few weeks, see how McCaffrey's doing, see how you feel about the 49ers. Because, I don't know, I, I think I think 49ers could, could... I think he's such a good player. If he stays fit, it could, it could really push them forward. I, I'm I'm very but, I'm very into just chatting through this and and the thing that I just said and you said about him not being just your average player and the fact that he's on the team with Samuel thinking about I'm 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 very interested to see how he gets used on that Shanahan offense because the, the Shanahan always finds a way to use his weapons and use them in such exactly. different ways and, 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 and yeah and, it's a yeah, good point yeah and, and you know and and the thing is in theory. He's possibly one of the best signings that you could have got for a quarterback. Yeah. A dump it off off quarterback suddenly has two incredible players. And, yeah, you know, when they get... um, It's mutual, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When when, when they get into that. The threats they've got... I don't know. I I, I think they could be a Watch This Space team, personally. They, for me, the the reason I brought them up as my first blitz 
which I think they've got the potential to be that team that comes out of the pack because of that signing. But yeah. I know I, I, I might not know enough and I might be uh, I might be swinging and missing with that one. Yeah, that's we yeah. Should, we should that's see. interesting because I'm whereas I was sort of far on the side of you know it doesn't make that much of a difference. It elevates the team, but not to that level. I'm now after this conversation swinging a bit back closer to the middle of maybe it does actually make that much of a difference, and it's just because he's such a dynamic player that I I can't I think based off the evidence so far because it's so early on and he only had a few touches in that game at the weekend. I think yeah. that as of the evidence so far and just of the running of the way that running backs have been over the years and currently at the moment, I don't think it's enough. But okay. then based off the fact that you've got Samuel and McCaffrey on a team and you haven't seen two players you can alternate between those positions, maybe it will. So I'm 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 gonna say I'm sixty five percent sure it won't elevate them to that next level. But then 35% of me... Actually, no, that's too... That's 60% sure it won't elevate them to that next level. 40% sure <laughs> that it will. That Yeah, 60 bit. So I'm going to say it won't. But as you say, we'll come back to this in a, in a, in a few weeks. In a after, few, I think uh, yeah. we'll come back to this one. See, see if my blitz worked. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> see if you sack me or if I pop that ball off for a 99-yard touchdown. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Well, in terms of we, we predicted the future and predicting the future of teams, should we have a look at this week's matchups and 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 see what we think? See who's going to win. See who's not going to win. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Okay. What matchup we got cover? Oh, okay. That's appropriate. So after all this discussion about the Bucks, Thursday night football game is the Bucks versus the Ravens. Oh, I mean. Um, Bucks versus the Ravens. Do you want to go first? Yeah, go on then. I I think I think it would be I'd be remiss if I was going to pick the Bucks in this game based off everything we said. I don't I don't think that the 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 that Top Bowls has it right now to be able to elevate the Bucks to where they need to be to to make a deep playoff run. And I so for that reason, I think that the Ravens take this. And also with the Ravens, you saw how good Gus Edwards, their running back they just got back from his ACL tear was. That running game is very, very strong. And the Ravens are playing well and a very good team. And I just think they're right now, in terms of coaching and everything else, they're just better than the Bucks are. So I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. And I am going to agree with you. Um, yeah. I think momentum. I've got a friend yeah. called Ben. Whenever he talks about American football, he always talks about Mo. Momentum, Big I think. Mo. Yeah, the momentum just isn't... It's not necessarily about the fact that it's with the Raven, Ravens. It's just not with the Bucks at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think Evans Evans doesn't look fully fit. I think Brady... I, I personally think Brady needs another weapon out there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Ravens. Okay. Okay, so Ravens for both of us. Ravens for both of us. Yeah. Moving on to the next game. So the the last London game of the season, which both of us will actually be working, Jags versus Broncos yep. at Wembley. So, so Sunday. So who's your who's your money on for that one? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jags. I think uh, clearly me and you are huge lucky charms. We were there for um, Trevor Lawrence's first win. Yeah. Last year. Very true. Yeah. Um, Broncos. As much as as much as I kind of dismiss the Russell Russell Wilson, there's a good chance that Russell Wilson doesn't play in this one, isn't there? Yeah, they're looking because they've got the bye week the week after. 
uh, no Russell Wilson, yeah, whether he's whether he's the same as he used to be or not, you'd still rather have him in your team. So I think uh, for me, I think it's uh, I mean, out of the two and fives, isn't it? It's, uh, it's 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 not necessarily four teams, but I'm going I'm going Jags. I think the London momentum. The fact that they've done it before several times, I think the fact that Trevor Lawrence has won in London, yeah. I'm going uh, I'm going Jack. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. First point, because of the fact that, you know, Trevor Lawrence got his first ever win in the NFL last season. His first ever win win in NFL history for him last season here. I think he's gonna have such a you know, such a such a high mind, such a good mindset coming over here that he's gonna play well, the Jags are gonna play well, and they're in a good situation so far this season. And 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 I think that the Jags' defense is, has been very good this season, and I don't think that the the Broncos, who have only put up over sixteen points once this season, I don't think whether you've got Russell Wilson in there or Brett Rippian in there, I just don't think they're going to be able to put up the points against the Jags to win. I think you've seen how the Jags are running back Travis Etienne. Now he's going to be the lead back lead back in. Um, uh, for the Jaguars, he's been so dynamic this season, and so now yeah, him being he was, able to fly, yeah, 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 and I think now him Last being able, to, the yeah, him being able to thrive and and you know not have that. I feel like there's a there's a kind of when you're in tandem with another guy like James Robinson, for instance. I feel like there's almost like a constant thing to try and prove yourself. You know, he didn't play his rookie season because of his injury, so he's gone into the second season going right. We've got an established running back. I need to prove myself. And I think he has proved himself and he'll continue to want to prove himself. But now you don't have James Robinson in there and you're not constantly worried about that pressure of who the hot hand is going to be. You know that the team are going to rely on you. I think he's just going to prosper. And I think he's going to, Etienne's going to have an excellent game and just run all over that Broncos defense. So having said all that, the Broncos are going to go and win. But, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> we're both predi- we're both unanimously predicting the Jags. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so Pan- we know for Pan- a fact, yeah. <laughs> Panthers at the Falcons. You can go first. On this Panthers one. at the Falcons. I mean, I don't know. I li- I'll let I, you go first. I like the Falcons here. I think, you know, going, talking about the, you know, they beat the 49ers last week. This week they were, who did they play this week? They played the Bengals and they got, destroyed by the Bengals but <laughs> yeah to, just to put it like they're not going to offer the same threat are they no 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 and I, I just think I, I think the Falcons are an underrated team I don't think they're going to be you know a team that makes the playoffs at the end of the season but I think with you know they were close against the Bucks. they're currently in uh, because of the Bucks win they're they're you know the Bucks are top of that that division but currently they've got the same record as the Bucks, so I think they're going to be sort of chomping at the bit to to keep this going. And they know with if, if especially if the Bucks lose on Thursday, if they win this game, then they go into first place in the in the division. So I think because of that, the the Falcons are going to be uh, just have a very good game. That run game's improved and doing very well. And as much as it's the same situation with the Panthers, where if they win this game, although they'll be on the same record as the Falcons and Bucks, because they've beaten both of them, they'll be top of the division. I just think that the Falcons have such a dynamic rushing attack with Mariota and their backs at the moment that the Falcons are going to be the team to take this. And then I think uh, having the Bucks lost to the Ravens on Thursday, which I think is both of our prediction, that then the Falcons will move into to first place in the division. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Falcons as well. Um, okay. I know it's uh, boring to go with the same prediction, but home 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 field. I'm going home for two two 
uh, average sides. I, yeah. don't, I don't necessarily think even we're going to make great waves this year. Uh, Falcons home advantage. So I'm just going to go with them. Yeah, and I think uh, I think going back to kind of what I was saying about you know knowing that they can. Uh, knowing they can go into first place in the division if the Bucks lose and they win this game. I think if this game was being played in Carolina instead, because the Panthers could obviously go into first place with the win, I think then the Panthers would be the team that i choose. But like you, because of the home field advantage and because yeah. everyone knowing that the, the Falcons are doing better this year, I'd say so far than I kind of expected them to do, that the, yeah. the fans are going to feed off of that. And I think that's what then overcomes it. So yeah, I, I could agree with you. The Falcons... All right, next Lions versus Dolphins, and Lions this is at, this is at Detroit. At so the Lions, Detroit, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Dolphins. Um, Lions, uh, Lions, uh, <laughs> one and five, struggling. Um, the Dolphins, uh, just well, form. I think uh, you've yeah. got um, you've got Tyreek still doing his thing. Um. Yeah, I I I see uh, I see the Dolphins winning this one. Yeah, I think so. I think the Lions are one of this team that are just a bit too all over the place at the moment. Like they'll challenge a team and be very good, but then they'll just fall apart towards the end of the game. And I think the Dolphins, you know, they won. Um, won on it was Thursday, wasn't it? They play was it Thursday? No, it was a Sunday night football, wasn't it? They played the Steelers. So, so yeah, they they played against the Steelers. Tua got some time to brush the cobwebs off. Their running attack's been pretty good recently with most uh, kind of being the lead back. As you say, Tyreek Hill's doing well. I think I think now Tua's had a game back to kind of get back into the swing of things. I just think, yeah, they're the better team. And I, I think they'll, yep. yeah, I think they'll beat, beat the Lions. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Dolphins too. And that brings us to Vikings Cardinals. So is this? Uh, do you want to go? Do you, you want to go first on there? Yeah. Okay. I'll go first on there. So this is played. Uh, in, I imagine at, we're going to be unanimous Vikings. on this one. Oh, I don't. Mm, interesting. This is this is an interesting game. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Because you've got two teams who've had a bit of a long rest. Because you'll see the Vikings are coming off their bye week, and the Cardinals are coming off having played the the Thursday. So they they've both had plenty of rest. So, oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I think I, I think at the moment I think the Cardinals currently are. They're a team that are like the Lions a bit all over the place. You saw Kyler Murray shouting at his coach Cliff Kingsbury to to calm down in the game last week. They put up a bunch of points. They've got Hopkins back, but I think in terms of the the team, the Vikings seem like a a, a team that's very much packaged together. And they seem like everything's kind of good and positive, and they're liking their new head coach. They've been winning a lot of games this season, whereas the Cardinals seem a bit more sort of all over the place don't really know what's happening. You don't know if Murray's being too much of a diva, if the coach is being too much of a diva, if that relationship isn't working, if it is, if it's just being dramatized by the media. So I think because of that, and because of also just the Vikings record this year, I'm going to go with the Vikings for this game. And it's being played at home for them. So Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings too. It's a uh, Vikings have got home field advantage. They're 5-1. They've still got, you know, it, it's almost like you can almost forget about that because the time it just keeps going. 
Um, yeah. And I think he's staying relatively injury-free this year, which is, uh, as someone who's had him in his fantasy team for three years now, <laughs> has been nice. If, if, if only I'd actually uh, done a better job with the rest of my team. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Vikings too. I just yeah, think they'll yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll have a little bit too much for the Cardinals. Yeah, I, yeah, I think um, so. And I, th- I think I think Kirk's been doing enough this season, and you know they've got good receivers. They're kind of good all over the all over yeah. the 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 park this year. I, and I just yeah, I, I I think Vikings is the is the shout. So go go on. Since so, since the, the next game's <laughs> Cowboys Bears, you who do you think? Who who's who's your money well, on? Well, you see, this is a tricky one for me, isn't it? Because I'm not I'm not a massive fan of backing my own team. <laughs> um, but the records of five and two versus the three and four Bears uh, and out the Cowboys, everything about it says Cowboys win, which quite often turns out to be a Cowboys defeat. <laughs> there's some. There's, there's something cowboysy about the potential losing him to the Bears, so I'm actually going to go Bears on this one. Interesting. Um, Very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bears on this one just because I don't want to do it. No, no. Um, it, it just you know, it just it just has a it has that scary. It, you know, the Cowboys have got a good-looking defense this year. We've really that you know, Zeke looks healthy. The combination of Zeke and Pollard looks great. Dak's back. I'm not convinced that Dak is. I don't think he's worth the money. Certainly. Yeah. I just, I just think the Bears, the Bears had a had a had a good win, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah, um, they, they beat the Patriots uh, uh, last night. You know, like like exactly with you know with a with a good run game. I I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a road Bears win. Okay. Okay, interesting. Very, very interesting. I I am going to I'm going to disagree with you and go with the Cowboys and it's for one one simple reason. The Bears against the Patriots had five fumbles and I believe they didn't lose any of them. So the that five fumbles, five fumbles, one interception thrown, but they didn't lose any of their fumbles to the other team. But they're now going against that Cowboys defense, which has been incredible all season. And I just think the Cowboys defense with Demarcus Lawrence and then Micah Parsons are just going to eat up Justin Fields. And I think they just got very lucky against the Patriots that they didn't lose those because I'm not sure what the stats specifically are, but I don't know how often the team has five fumbles in a game and somehow manages to keep <laughs> every, every single one of them. Yeah. That's not that's kind of insane. And you know, Fields. Look, is... I'm, look, I'm willing. I'm willing to take the loss on this one. Okay. I, I, you know, if you, if you predict the Cowboys, I predict the Bears. I'm willing to take the loss if the Cowboys win. Yeah, it's got. It's basically a win-win <laughs> for you because if the Bears win, win-win. as much as it sucks, you were right and and, and I was exactly. wrong. However, if I predict right, the Cowboys win. Well, the Cowboys win. But yeah, I, I just exactly. think based of that i think the the cowboys defense is so good justin fields is still not good enough to in terms of keeping the football safe and not making those wrong decisions and i just think the cowboys are going to make him suffer for doing that so yeah i'm, I'm gonna say i'm gonna say cowboys but i'm glad i'm glad we've disagreed on on something and i'm glad it was also exactly. the one with your team right <laughs> which brings us which brings us nicely onto the next one which is the saints I'm... versus the raiders is the Raiders at the Saints? Raiders yeah. at the Saints. Uh, uh, you're going first on this one. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm going to. As much as it would be nice to bet against my own team here for the sake of intrigue in the podcast, like you did, I'm going to go with the Raiders on this one. I think. 
I think the Raiders have now found their identity as a team. I think the kind of first section of the year, they couldn't decide if they were going to air it out to their receivers or if they were going to be a you know bread and butter run the team ball, uh, run the ball team. And I I think that now they've figured out that this offense, as much as they've got you know although Waller's injured, as much as you've got your Adams, as much as you've got your um your your Renfro and some decent receivers and all that, I think they've figured out that this offense goes through Josh Jacobs. And so I think that they're going to... And now they understand that. I think they're just going to run all over the, the Saints. And I don't think... I think, you know, last week you had Andy Dalton who threw four touchdowns, but also threw three interceptions. And so the, the Saints are just one of these teams that can't put it together this season. They've got the pieces. They've got the receivers. They've got, you know, good running backs and all that. But they just still haven't figured it out at quarterback. And the Raiders' defense this yeah. weekend started to, you know, the Raiders' defense have been doing some nice things. Like against the Chiefs, like they did well against the Chiefs. And then last week they've done well. And and so I think that the Saints don't have, they haven't got it figured out kind of on offense or defense at the moment. Whereas I feel like the Raiders are starting to put it together. And you've got the Saints who would have just come off. Um, was that bye? No, it wouldn't have been their bye weeks. No, of course not. So, they, so the, they've got a longer longer week because they played last Thursday instead. But they're coming off a loss. Whereas the Raiders are, have got good momentum going into this game. They know their identity as a team. They're starting to improve. Things are starting to come together. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the the Raiders, and I hope I've given enough reasons to 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 not to show it's not to do with any bias of the fact that the Raiders are my team. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have. Uh, I'm Excellent. gonna agree with you. I think I cool. think I think the Raiders. Uh, I I I just don't. Yeah, the, it's, it's, I mean the word identity is quite often quite in such such an accurate word. Um, the Saints haven't got it. Yeah. Um, the Raiders the Raiders have have weapons. To to be honest, I I was amazed at the Raiders' poor start to this season. I I think. For the for the quality of player they they've got, yeah, um, and yeah, may, maybe now they're gonna they're gonna start a little run, I think. Uh, but yeah, I'm going, I'm going Raiders too. Okay, cool, cool. I'm glad I'm glad you agree. I'm glad you agree that <laughs> that, that my, my Raiders are gonna win this game. Your Raiders. No, okay. Um, next, Eagles Steelers. Pa- pa- After pa- you. Oh, I've got I've got I've got Patriots Jets on, on my list. Oh uh, really? Eagles. Oh Steelers at the Eagles. Oh, it's hard to go against the Eagles. I think the Steelers yeah. have. Um, They've got some steel. Um, The Eagles have got some eagle. They've got some Philadelphia (laughs) on on their crackers. On their crackers. Uh, It's it's hard to go against the Eagles six zero. You know, Um, depressingly, yes, I go I go Eagles. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think the the Steelers' offense has it. You can't win games when your quarterback is throwing three interceptions a game. Uh, it's just not not feasible at the moment. No. So I yeah I agree with you. I'm gonna go with the Eagles as well. Thank you, Nike. So uh, what have you got next then? Uh, Jets Patriots. I've got next. Jets Patriots. I imagine we're both gonna go the same on as well. Oh, interesting. Surely Ooh. you're gonna, you're not gonna go against the Jets. It's well, I think the 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 problem is at the moment the Patriots Patriots quarterback controversy is is a bit you know all over the place they weren't great against the the bears but you know when they, they were talking to belichick and he was saying oh yeah oh, we're gonna try out both zappy and jones this game we're gonna see both of them when that when there's that level of uncertainty with your starting quarterback you're not gonna win games you can't just you can't just swap quarterbacks in as much as you want it's not the running back position you need that consistency 
Um, so I think because the Patriots kind of don't know what the situation is there, I think with Zappi being fairly unproven, even if he plays, and Jones being not great this season if he, if he plays, the, the the Jets' defense just seems like it's going to sort of swarm yeah. them up. But yeah, exactly. I, yeah, but so I'm going to say, and it's also at MetLife Stadium, so I, I think I, I'm going to go with the Jets, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Jets. The yeah. defense is going to win this one, I think, for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% agree. Right, who have you got next? Well, I've got Titans, Texans. Me too. Uh, Titans, I think. I think they um, they have Derrick Henry on the move. Yeah. Um, like like uh, like a like a convoy. Yeah. I think once 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 he once he starts to start showing up on the headlines, I think again it's momentum. Yeah, I think once once you see a guy like that on the on the grabbing the headlines again, yeah, um, you know they you know obviously uh, Tannehill is still keeping it safe. Yeah, doing what he has to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, for me, Titans. Yeah, I I agree completely for the same reason as you. It's like you're starting to get into the middle of the year. This fatigue starts to set in for the teams, and when you've suddenly got to tackle Derek Henry for you know. 20 to 40 plays a game it's just it's just too much for teams especially as the texans haven't been great they've only won one game so the titans to rod have have won what four yeah four straight since yeah, four. since they're going norton two so yeah i, I agree yeah. with you that the titans next one's a tricky one the next if, if you, one is a command, tricky commanders one commanders at colts commanders at colts uh i got seahawks giants but let's go colts commanders to start off with Okay. We're probably, on, I don't uh, understand. What what are we looking at that's different? I'm I'm on, I'm on the NFL.com schedule. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm just looking at the one that's on Google. So let me let me put. Oh, all right, you go. So you're I've giving. Got, I've got official. You have. You have. I'm, I, yeah. I'll give you, okay. Commanders at Colts. Well, the Colts. I understand it. Are are. Um. Oh my God. I've Matt Ryan. Name. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah. 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 Uh, the commanders' quarterback situation—they—Heineke uh, did pretty well at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, I—I just—I—I'd love Heineke. Like, I just lo- love that dude's story. Like, he just sort of comes in, balls out, goes away for a bit. Yeah. Comes in, balls out, goes away for a bit. But yeah, who, who's your I'm, money I'm, on for this I'm, one? I'm—I've commanded. Yeah, me too. Again, do you know what? And I think the story it ties in nicely with my prediction that the Cowboys lose to the Bears. In the weekend shock, because that 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 just sort of compounds the misery. Yeah, you know, as, as the Commanders win, obviously the Eagles will win at home, um, and all the excitement of the return of Dak just disappears. I'm you hear my voice. This is something I've been through so many so times for, with for, the Cowboys for reasons of self destructiveness. <laughs> that's why this you're choosing is, the Commanders is, to win. What you're hearing, what you're hearing right now on the Clashdown podcast is is counselling. I'm 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 getting it off my I'm on, I'm laying couch right now. You're my therapist, and I'm I'm going through all my past lived experiences with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. When 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 you think you know like right now you've got Dak back. When you think things are going to go on on an upward curve, and they don't. And that's why I think the commands are going to beat the Colts. And and <laughs> and how and how how do you feel about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel bad. Okay, good. <laughs> and I cry. 
Oh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. Right, so I, I have gotten there. Oh, hang on. Wait, I haven't even given my prediction. You're no, so, you're I, so I down. You agree with me. I was agreeing I with you, you, but I haven't said it officially. Oh, okay, you're, you're so down and, down and out by the bloody NFC East with your Cowboys. You just won't even let me speak. I know, but yeah, I agree with you. The commanders. I just like I like Taylor Heideke, and I just like watching him win. And I think that I think the team like Taylor Heideke. I think that's the thing. And so I think when they've got him at the helm, they just like having him as their starting quarterback. So because of that, because of the fact that the Colts quarterback situation currently isn't brilliant, I think yeah, the commanders take this one for me. Cool. Right. Next up, I've got the Forty ers at the Rams, which um... yeah. Well, you can go first. I I think 49ers because the Rams just can't seem to beat the 49ers in the regular season for however many years now. They just can't beat the 49ers in the regular season. And I think, yeah, okay. go, going into going into the, the next week, like the Rams has come off the bye. Uh, I think they'll figure some more things out. I think it'll be a close game. But now you're going to have what we spoke about with McCaffrey getting more into that offense. And yep. Samuel getting more into that offense uh, with McCaffrey. And because you've got that situation and the fact that the Rams O-line currently isn't doing brilliantly and the 49ers defense, whenever they come against an O-line that isn't doing great with the way Nick Bosa is playing this season, I I think that he's going to sack, maybe have two, two and a half sacks against, uh, on Matthew Stafford. And so I'm going to say, yeah, the 49ers take this one and then the defense just storms over and Nick Bosa has two and a half sacks. It should be a good game, actually. Um, and yeah, I definitely, I, I think the 49ers on this one. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think this game's going to kind of tell the the story of of that that their division. I think it's going to kind of show a bit more about who the teams are in terms of what the 49ers are, what the Rams are, who's going to kind of be that that team that potentially goes to the playoffs. I think this is going to be a quite a imperative mm. game in showing kind of where things yeah, this are going to go. This is a big game. Yeah. I think yeah. this is a big game Yeah, yeah for both teams. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the, 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 the 49ers need this win just to start, as you say, that ball rolling. And I think Ra- the Rams need this win because they need to just start stringing wins together. Like, they've come off a Super Bowl yeah. win last year and this season just have not been very good. So, yeah, yeah, 49ers for both of us. And then we move on to quite an, quite an interesting game, I'd say, to be honest. I'd say, so Giants versus Seahawks. Yeah, the Giants your, Seahawks. Who's your money on for this one? Well, you're, you're going first on this one. Am I? Okay. Okay. Yes, you are. Oh, okay, I two two quite similar teams, I'd argue. You've got two teams that are leaning on a very good running game. Their quarterbacks are doing the right things and putting the ball in the right place and not not turning the ball over very much. They've got some good defense, good cornerback play going on at the moment. They're two two very similar teams. I think I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Giants. I I think that the Seahawks are doing. You know, I wasn't expecting them to beat the Chargers last week. I I had a feeling they would, which is why I predicted them. But I wasn't. It was more of like a ah, there's a chance of this, so I'm gonna go with it rather than I 100% think that's gonna happen. So I think the Seahawks are a, a better team definitely than we thought. But I just think the Giants have been on such a tear up and now you're starting to see not only the team run through Saquon for the Giants but also Daniel Jones starting to improve and throw mm. more touchdown passes and play well and they, they seem to be kind of they had their identity to start the season which was we're a team that's going to run the ball with Saquon 
And now into that identity, they're going, okay, we've seen Jones can do some nice stuff. So now we're going to start running a bit more with Jones and trust Jones a bit more in these situations. And so I think that as a whole, the Giants team have just found such a good good ethos within that. So I'm going to say that the Giants win this. And also with the Seahawks, it's unclear on if DK Metcalf is going to be playing because he was, he was out the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, not out of the weekend, but he was injured and then out of the game at the yeah. weekend. So you've got kind of Tyler um, Lockett is your top guy. Kenneth Walker is your top running back at the moment. But the Giants are fairly healthy. Their their team's been doing very well. I think at the moment, Evan Neal, their rookie tackle, is going to be out for a few weeks with a knee injury. But I don't think the Seahawks' pass rush is good enough for that to be such a, a game-changing script thing. So I'm going to go with the the Giants. I'm 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 torn on this one. Yeah. Uh, I as much as we we talked up the Giants earlier. I you know like sometimes I just look at the story and I don't see Giants as a seven and one team. It just, yeah. It feels ridiculous to say the Giants are a seven and one team. Uh, it's in Seattle. Um, yes, Seattle could miss. I don't. But I, I, I think I don't think DK Metcalf is the miss it used to be. Is is you know he's not as he's not he's not doing the things for yeah. one reason or another he was doing. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a low scorer. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which way it goes. Um, because yeah, in in theory, on paper, the Giants win this, especially if it's in New York. Yeah. Uh, but there is also the story of Geno Smith. Yeah. You know, doing it against Giants, like, you know, Jets, Giants. So I'm just, yeah. and also, just because I don't want to have the same prediction as you, I'm going to go Seahawks. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I do see a real, I do, this is probably the most difficult one out of all of them to predict, I'd say. Because I could easily see the Seahawks winning this. I could easily see the Giants winning this. I could easily see the Giants blowing out the Seahawks. I could also easily see the Seahawks blowing out the Giants. Like it's a yeah. weird, it's a weird game. It is a weird game. I think I think I'm, I think momentum, paper form. I think is is with the Giants. I'm going. I'm going with home advantage. Mm-hmm. I'm going with a couple of other factors. Gut. I love my gut. I love your gut uh, too. You love my gut too. I do. Yeah. Uh, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to Seahawks. I think the toughest game to predict this week is 49ers Rams. Personally. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I'm going. I'm going. I'm going Seahawks. Okay. Excellent. Well, that moves us on to the, our penultimate, penultimate game the, prediction. Montag. Montag. Easy. Montag. Easy, Morgan. A Montag Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> uh well i mean it has to be bills doesn't it packers uh packers are a bit of a mess really aren't they um, yeah i mean I say it has to be the bills it's the kind it's the kind of one where you know suddenly rogers pulls out one of those ridiculous last minute hail marys and they win some ridiculous game well, it's like, it's like last go yeah it's like last week of the episode where we we jokingly skimmed over the bucks versus steelers game we were like oh it's gonna be the bucks obviously it is yeah and the steelers yeah. won and it was like oh yeah okay maybe oh, we should okay. maybe we shouldn't give a definitive answer in the future yeah but, but surely surely at, at the bills five and one bills are just you know they're they're looking like a a force i mean you know the two the the, the bills and the chiefs have kind of Risen, starting to rise, aren't they? For the spot, yeah. and uh, Josh Allen is looking formidable. So yeah, yeah I'm going to Bills. Yeah, I, I I agree. When you look at the fact that the 49ers basically just got the 49ers are a decent team and they just got blown out massively by the Chiefs, top defense in the league, and yeah. the Bills are a, a team that beat 
the Chiefs and the fact that the Chiefs obviously lost to the Colts earlier this season. Like, you know, the, the Bills have beat, beat that Chiefs team that looks amazing at the moment and is doing very well. The Bills are coming off their bye week as well, so they've had time to, you know, get things back together, recover from the, the intensity of that Chiefs game where Josh Allen was just running all over them for the whole game. And again, yeah, yeah, exactly. the, the, the Packers are just... The Packers just aren't it. I I even I think I still think even if the Packers start to use their running backs more and start to start to do that, I just don't think I th- I just think the Bills are an untouchable team at the moment. Their loss this season yeah. came against the Dolphins in um, Hard Rock Stadium, where obviously the sideline. The, the, the stadium goes so that the opposing team sideline is miles hotter than the other team and that day was ridiculously hot and at the end of the game players were basically passing out on the field and I think if that game was played in Buffalo instead the Bills would have blown out the uh, Dolphins so I think their only loss of the season comes with a bit of a caveat but yeah as yeah. you say the Bills are just incredible this season and the, the Packers just aren't incredible this season and that's basically no. the, the reason why you've got to kind of go with the Bills <laughs> Call this podcast the pack is it the Aaron Rodgers and the Aunt Incredible Packers. <laughs> the, yeah, I love that. <laughs> the, the Aunt Incredible Packers. But please, Aunt Aunt spelt with two A's like Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Moving swiftly on to the the Bengals Browns. Bengals Browns, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who's going first? I think this is me. This one, yeah, because uh, yeah, 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 me. This one, I think. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals are starting to put things together. Burrow's coming off a fantastic performance. The The Browns are one of those teams that can, will either beat the best team in the league or will lose to the worst team in the league week by week. Like They're, they're just a team that has... has now, going by that, that means they win this game because Bengals are one of the best teams in the league right now. Yeah, very true, very true. But I, I yeah, but I, uh, Joe Burrow is one of those players that once he starts to fire it up in the season, he just seems to stay fired up. And obviously, he's coming off a four hundred plus yard game uh, at the weekend, like you know, destroyed the the Falcons. I, I just think yeah, it's it's hard. Like like you said last week when we we picked the Bengals to win, it's hard to bet against Joe Burrow. Uh, and yeah. I don't think I don't think the Browns are are good enough as a team to to overcome that. And I think as much as I like I like what Brissett's been doing. Um, I think like like you you were quite a fan of I his have, for the weekend. I, I, I honestly he has become my cult hero of the season. <laughs> the, the, any anyone anyone listening to this, you watch that Brissett run that, that that run that he did last week. Um, actually, no, he's done it a couple of weeks running now. When yeah. he runs with the ball, it's watching. It's like watching a wrestler run into the ring. It's just like this. Fun, it's like thunder. Yeah, like it's, powerful it's, thighs. It, everything, everything about everything about it is wrong. This this guy shouldn't be running, but when he gets going, it's ah, oh, I love it. <laughs> it looks like you know when you play Madden and you've got a really slow quarterback, and then suddenly yeah. you're in a situation where you start running with the quarterback <laughs> and you pick up like yeah. twenty five yards, yeah. and then yeah, you're like, like, "How does like, this even happen?" Yeah, yeah, it's like the, the people that animated the game that you never really considered making that guy run, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. suddenly he's having to. It's yeah. so good. I well, that, love it. That's the thing at the, the weekend, especially with that Brissett run where he. This is just going to become a whole section talking about how much we love Brissett. Like, but the running but, of Brissett. But, but he, the, it was the run of the week. Like he gave. He, you're talking about 
quarterbacks who are generally doing the right things and are generally giving their teams like an opportunity. He gave his team the opportunity to kick that field goal and obviously draw that game against the Ravens. And then they had the the penalty which knocked him back suddenly so they were kicking a longer field goal but he at least gave his team the chance yeah i and as as great as i i enjoy that and i like that story of Brissett, you know doing doing the things he's doing and obviously the record of the browns isn't great but they're you know they're doing some some good things they're just not doing enough good things for me to be able to beat the bengals i i I think it'll i think it's even at the browns i think it'll be i don't think it's going to be a blowout i think it'll maybe be like a a, a 28 to like 20 game or like a 28 to like 16 game that the Bengals win but the Bengals are just starting to hot up now um their receivers are doing well Burrow's doing incredibly well and so I think that the Bengals Jamar are going to take this one yeah Chase who's just week by Chase, week seems yeah. to make that, the most that, unreal that, catches Burrow's Chase combination is I mean it's it's kind of like it's got that kind of uh Mahomes Tyreek Hill kind of vibe isn't it of a couple of years ago it's, yeah it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to go Bengals too. Um, it's just right now, I just think they're in a, we're going to outscore you no matter what kind of mode. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. As much as I love Brissett, and I, and I, in my opinion, every single play should just be Brissett running. Yeah, you know, Bengals. If 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 you had your your say, you'd just have Brissett as the starting quarterback was, for every if team. I playing, if I was playing Madden's right now, I would I would just literally uh, just uh, want to do like a do more. Every single dropping back, uh, shotgun, and then just run. Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think I'd, you'd win, put I'd a... win nothing, but I do for the visual pleasure. Yeah, you'd w- you'd win your own sense of satisfaction, and at the end of the day, that's the the biggest prize you can win in this world. That and ten million quid. That ten, yeah, to be fair, ten million quid for any American listeners, quid <laughs> means means pound. <laughs> That, so, the, the optimism that you feel like you've got to explain that to the American listeners is hey, incredible. We never know how... And I salute you. We, yeah, that, that, look, what, self-satisfaction sorry, is a big on, prize, but self-confidence sorry, is an even bigger sorry, prize. Sorry, sorry, in case, sorry, in case Jared Goff does listen to this, Quid is an alternative name for, for money, for pounds. Hey, you, you never know. Ten, 10 million, Jared, Jared, 10 million quid, 10 million pounds. Okay? Look, if Jared Goff can make a Super Bowl, anything's possible. <laughs> Which feels like the, and, and, the and perfect that... end to this episode. <laughs> Yeah, we've got. Hang on, we've got music to go. Yeah, we have. Uh, it was well. I was gonna. I was gonna bring the caveat. It's the perfect end to the NFL part of this episode. Right. Okay. All right. But yeah, yeah. Go, now you've now you've mentioned it. What you've been listening to lately? Anything? Anything new? Any new bands? Any new albums? Uh, I, I I haven't been listening to anything new. Obviously, last time I mentioned Weezer, which, as much as they're an old band, it was a new album. Um, what I've actually been listening to is, um, and I had to mention them pretty soon in doing this, is uh, REM, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, which um, okay. which uh, was from 1996, uh, before the birth of Reese. Very true. Um, <laughs> um, it's a, it, I think it's an underrated album. Uh, it's it's a very chill sort of mostly chill album. Came on the back of their sort of big successes with um, All Smacking for the People and Monster. Um, but I love uh, the first song on the album. So it's just it starts the album so nicely. How the West is won and where we got and where it got. Um, so yeah, that's that's I, I can you know it's it, and and and, it, and I think it's good. It's a good one to recommend because. I think it possibly would have gone under the radar of a lot of people, especially a lot of young people. But if you like REM, 
it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point to be fair because I've not, I, I, you know, I like to deep dive into different bands and I like a lot of, mm. you know, music from, you know, the seventies and eighties and so on. But REM are always one of these bands that I've, I've not done that deep dive into. But the amount I've heard you yeah. talk about them, it feels like that should be a band that I do that with. So it's good, good to have you recommend something from there, so I could be like, right, I'll start with that and yeah, then work my way through. It, it, it's an album that kind of because it kind of it kind of almost combines automatic for people and monster with, the, with automatic for people being a largely acoustic album, monster being a studio heavy guitar album. This one kind of merges the two. Um, and it's one of those where I think you need to listen to the album. The songs individually don't necessarily stand out, but the actual album as a whole is 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 a very enjoyable fourteen song experience. Yeah, it's quite nice when that happens. When you know, there's sometimes, yeah. like I mentioned, the editor's album last week. There's sometimes albums where the singles are the best part, and you want to listen to the singles, but the album's not necessarily yeah. good. Whereas sometimes we get an album yeah. that's just pure, like listen to the whole thing. It works as its own piece love yep. it that's great what you got what, what you have got, i got Reese? well i don't have a and, and it cannot be the same band uh so this is from a, a band i've not mentioned before a band called white lies <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding um off. yeah i i don't have a i don't have a specific album but i discovered a band called bears den uh and the the song that i discovered from them which is really really good is a song called red earth and pouring rain and as a band, they seem to be sort of a sort of just sort of a kind of indie sounding band with some sort of a bit of folk folk kind of undertones. But the cool thing about the the song Red Earth and, and Pouring Rain is the fact that it's very kind of like 80s kind of sounding. Like it's it's a bit straight. Yeah, it's straight. Like it's the first song I heard of theirs. I heard it in a Discover Spotify um, playlist. And I listened to this song and was like, okay, I love it. Like, this is very much me, my kind of thing. And I started listening to other songs from the band and suddenly realized that it was just, it, it was almost like it's, it's lone thing was this, this lone kind of like sort of 80s sounding song, which kind of made me like the band even more because when you could do sort of a couple of different things and have a sort of main style genre that you are, but then can do such a good song and almost a slightly different genre. I was like, okay, this yeah. sounds good. And so, so that, that song I've basically had on repeat, but Agape I listened to the other day, which is another one of their, their main songs, the most listened to songs, which is really good. But as a, as of course a, they, yeah. have, they, they have an album out this year, Blue Hours. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it's, it's the perfect you, time to... Which, which, which I didn't search just now on Spotify. No, which I was also very much aware of. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I, I'm literally, I'm about to walk and I'm going to listen to this Blue Hours. I'm yeah, going well, in. And, and, and I'm going to listen to the REM album. So that's perfect. Oh. Whilst I make dinner. Can we have so... a hug? We should, we should, we should cuddle. We should cut. We should physically and metaphorically should we cuddle. Spoon? To, we, we should spoon. You're, listening to Blue Hours. You're you're, 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 you're saying that like we haven't recorded this episode while spooning the entire time. <laughs> everyone, every now and again, hear that rustle, rustle of the sheets. It's like, oh, that's just the mic. Just uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Crack on. Why is there such an echo between you guys talking? Oh no, no, it's fine. So, so we are we really we are many miles apart we are we are we're as far apart as you can possibly get mentally and physically <laughs> mentally we are miles apart <laughs> mentally we are miles apart but the <laughs> mental age wise we are miles apart i'm about, I'm about five gavin's about five and I, i'm about I, i'd say i'm a solid <laughs> solid 20 
I was going to say so I'm an 11. But, yes, uh, yeah. Okay, no, no, I'm a 10. Oof. Yeah, well, th- no, I appreciate the, appreciate the recommendations and appreciate you coming on for a another very 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 good episode i enjoyed chatting about that and enjoyed chatting about all the all the bits that is happening looking forward to having you on again next week and going cool. forward into the future it's it's been a pleasure it's been uh yeah hopefully 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 it comes across good because um yeah the, the chat's really cool and i learned a lot from you I genuinely do it's um you know your stuff um and for someone who obviously has been a fan for so many years uh, it's really cool to talk about this sort of stuff with you and you sort of flesh out so much about the about the sport that even that I wouldn't know and I do watch it quite a lot. I just don't pick up on so many of the little sort of nuances that you do. So yeah, it's been cool. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's great chatting with you as well on here. It's it's nice to have two two different different kind of levels of, of specific kind of knowledge of the NFL from also different eras but also the fact that you're just massively interested in it so in terms of chatting the back and forth is really fun and chatting about you know our philosophies and what we like and the the questions of what we want to see and so on is is great and as i say like when we were chatting about the mccaffrey situation earlier the fact that you were saying about how much of a dynamic player he is and how maybe that's the reason why he can elevate this offense because it's not just trading for a thousand yard running back it's a thousand yard running back who can play as a receiver those questions that start to get me thinking and the questions i post to you that start to get you thinking are are interesting and and hopefully the people listening to this also find it interesting so really appreciate you guys listening to another episode this has been the clutch down podcast we'll be back again next week with another one to go over some of the things we spoke about this week and chat about the the games that are coming up and the storylines that we like and what's happening so follow us on twitter at clutchdown pod and then follow us on instagram at clutchdown podcast and then we'll see you again next week